It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Brendan Rodgers has only been gone four days And now Neil Lennon tries to keep the treble treble on track at Old Club Hibs Kelly Motherwell and St Mirren Livy face off in the Premiership this afternoon And Rangers head to Aberdeen tomorrow Looking to maintain their chances of silverware this season I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me today in the studio Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans If you want to concentrate on what is happening on the park Instead of what's going on Off it Then this weekend Is for you What can be more engrossing Than Neil Lennon's return To Easter Road today The treble treble On the line Yet again And what could be more compelling Than Rangers return To Aberdeen tomorrow One false move And the season Could be over For one of them The week has been Dominated by one man's Departure from Scottish football But he didn't take The game with him It's still here And it's alive and well yeah, what a weekend we've got uh, in store for us. You know, starting today with um, some some games in our top league, but then all eyes on Easter Road where Neil Lennon returns and how will he and his Celtic team react? Because remember when Celtic went there last time, they were turned over. So how will the players actually react to that environment? Never mind Neil Lennon. And then tomorrow, probably game of the weekend, you know, Aberdeen Rangers, always a good fixture. And as Hugh says, for one of them, their season could be over. Yeah, Matt's right. I think the the Celtic Hibs game tonight takes precedent in terms of the relevance of the treble treble. You also have cup fixtures, league fixtures, and then the big one tomorrow, Gordon. Plenty to talk about today. 01419511025 is a number you're going to need a bit later on before we get to that though. Uh, we've got some big games to look ahead to. Let's start going around the grounds. Where should we start? Kilmarnock Motherwell wasn't even meant to be on today. Roger Hanna, you've been uh, substituted to Ayrshire. Yes, the fog has gone, Gordon. It's been replaced by howling wind and pouring rain. The umbrella's inside out, the team sheet's blown away, and I've got a hat, scarf and gloves on, so um, welcome to Scottish football and uh, the start of March. Um, as you say, the game that shouldn't have been played, it was called off by referee John Beaton, who's in charge again today, just a minute or two into the second half. I was asking some of the Kilmarnock staff how they'd coped with it, and they said the fog lifted about, lifted about half an hour later, and mother was James Scott had played on. Um, but today there's a couple of changes in, in, in each of the teams. I think Kilmarnock, Steve Clark, wasn't pleased with the first half performance. He told the players as such. He felt Motherwell's young midfield had sort of almost overran them without scoring at the game the other day. So with that in mind, Aaron Shibola, Rory McKenzie are both into the Kilmarnock midfield this afternoon. I can give you the teams. It's Daniel Blackman in goal at the back. It's Stephen O'Donnell, Kurt Broadfoot. Stuart Finlay and Callum Waters then a midfield three now of Gary Dicker Alan Power and Aaron Chibola with Chris Burke and Rory McKenzie either side of Connor McAlaney on the bench it's Brophy Millen Frizzell Miller Jones McDonald and Chris Boyd as for Motherwell we're again they're unchanged Mark Gillespie's in goal as a back four Liam Grimshaw Tom Aldridge Charles Dunn and Richard Tate in midfield it's Alan Campbell and Alec Rodriguez-Garan and in the three of Jake Hasty, David Turnbull and Gibole Arabie behind Curtis Main on the bench it's Ferguson, Salmon, Freer, Johnson, Scott, Donnelly and Hartley no Carl McHugh still suffering the effects of the concussion from that injury at Celtic Park as I say, John Beaton referee again this afternoon Gordon and you could argue it's a big game for Motherwell this afternoon because a victory would take them above St Johnson into 7th place and when you think they were in the, on the fringes of a relegation battle at the winter break it really has been a fantastic achievement by Stephen Robinson and his players Let's hear from Keith Lasley the Motherwell assistant boss on media duties this week We felt pleased with a lot of aspects of the game as always things you can you can do better but 
Um, no, it was, important, it was important for us to bounce back after the, the Celtic um, result. Uh, again, a game that we felt as if there were still positives to take from. and It's important for us to try and get back to winning ways. We're on a great run before that, obviously. And if we've got any chance of pushing in the top six, it's going to take another another run. So we know how difficult that will be. We know how difficult the opponents that we've got coming up, particularly Kilmarnock at home, who have been you know formidable uh, opponents at home this season. Uh, but we're capable, and I think hopefully, you know, certainly signs in the first half of the night that we're capable of causing commander problems. So we like to do that again. And Roger Hannah, it will be interesting to see what kind of crowd you get. A bit of controversy over this one. So Kilmarnock choosing to charge everyone a fiver, regardless of whether you were at the initial fixture or not. Motherwell trying to soften the blow to their fans by covering that five pounds. But of course, if you weren't there the other night, you can get in for a fiver. And I wonder if that will grow the crowd this afternoon. Um, I think for everyone who's considering going for £5 and £3 concessions, I might have a look out the window and look at this Ayrshire weather and might be put off by that, Gordon. Very generous, generous um, gesture by Alan Burrows and the Motherwell board. I think it was about 650 Motherwell supporters made the journey down to Ayrshire on Wednesday night. The club's paying for them to return today. Any other Motherwell fans who want to come, as you say, £5 and £3. For the Kelly supporters, it's on season tickets. For those without season tickets, again, a fiver and three pounds. There's not a lot of other football around, you know, Cup weekend. There's only a couple of Premier games, one Championship game. So I think Kelly hope they could get a bit of a, you know, a boost in the crowd today. And they can maybe do with the support because for the first time in Steve Clark's reign here, the form has hit a little bit of a dip, especially the form here at Rugby Park. Yeah, no wins in seven, I think, Roger, for Kilmarnock. So... It's a, a big afternoon for Steve Clark. Nothing we can do about the weather. It's Scotland in March. That is Yes, exactly. And it's probably only going to get worse. So enjoy your afternoon, Roger Hanna. Let's keep going around the grounds. The other flight in our the other game, I should say, in our top flight is at the Simple Digital Arena. Mark Guidi's there for St Mirren and Livingston, Mark. Yeah, a cracking game in store, uh, Gordon, for St Mirren, as we all know, anchored at the bottom of the table, only 14 points from 27 games, but they did have that fantastic 2-2 draw. Um, up at Petorgy they'll want to go and building that at home to Livy today Livy very much in no man's land uh, in the table not going to pierce the top six and in no danger of being in the bottom two in the ninth place in an impressive 34 points so for Oren Kearney and his players it's about taking the initiative today in front of their own supporters and going and getting a much needed victory as they at the moment they lie four points behind second bottom Dundee and seven points behind third bottom Hamilton for the buddies they go with a 4-5-1 formation today it's Vaclav Hadke in goals at the back it's Paul McGinn Matteo Muzak Jack Baird and Ethan Erehorn in midfield it's uh, Callum McPherson uh, Stephen McGinn Ryan Flynn uh, Mihai Popescu and Anders Dreher and up front it is the striker Dukens at Nazorn on the bench for the Saints Mackenzie Jackson and Mullen McAllister Holmes Corbu and Ferdinand for Livingston, Gary Holt goes 4-4-1-1. It's Liam Kelly in goals at the back. It's Kieran Brown, Declan Gallagher, Craig Calcutt and Alan Lithgow. In midfield, it's Keegan Jacobs, Scott Pittman, Craig Sibold and Stephen Lawson. And it's Chris Erskine off Stephen Lawless, the front man on the bench. For Livy, Stuart Wilden, O'Dolphin, Vita Robinson, Tiffany and Hardy. And today's match referee at the Simple Digital Arena is Nick Walsh. Let's hear from Oren Kearney. We control the controllables and it's not something... We're not sitting around lighting candles hoping that other teams do favours or whatever else. Um, it's very much about, you know, we've plenty of games left and it's up to us to do our job and um, I don't think we're at a point yet where we need to be concerned about, about other teams. Yeah, 11-12 games this season to go. Has, have you changed anything that you're telling the players? 
No, we just changed the players, <laughs> so which is which has made it um, an improvement. It's made a big improvement, to be honest with you. And I think, um, particularly in the last couple of weeks, um, two performances um, in the last couple of games have been very encouraging, um, as well as just the atmosphere around the place in general has been a big lift with the new players coming in. So we're we're keen just to keep building on that. I mean, Mark Guidi, when you look at the league table, it is huge for St Mirren this afternoon. This is their game in hand, if you like, over Dundee and Hamilton. At the moment, they're four points behind Dundee and they're seven points behind Hamilton. So, you know, that represents complete safety if you're going to avoid the playoffs. Um, that picture has to start improving soon if you're Ronan Kearney. Yeah, you know, it, it does. And I think with, um, you know, maybe four or five games and, until the split, it's vital that come the, the first weekend in, in April when it all starts before they, they split up that, that St Mirren are in touching distance. I think the best that they can hope for, Gordon, is um, the playoff spot. I can't see them, um, you know, come May the 18th being absolutely clear um, of the relegation zone. So I think at best it is, it is that. But I, I do fear, I've said it now for a number of months, I fear for them. I know Oren Kearney's on, on uh, record there with Alison saying that he's changed the players and, and uh, he has but I don't think it's enough and unfortunately I think St Man are going to go straight down Well if they get a win today Mark they go to within one point of Dundee that's a yeah. psychological lift of sorts for them It, it is Hugh but I, when I've watched St Man I've watched them a few times this season I know the personnel's changed um, a bit but I always think they're better playing against footballing teams which allows them to express themselves whereas against a Livy Livy are very much up and at them they don't mess about they're in your faces they don't give you a second the ball and I don't think that suits St Mirren's style and therefore I think at best today uh, St Mirren can hope for a draw You know the one thing I like about Oren Kearney though Mark it, he always sounds no matter what this season is thrown at him and the team he always sounds in control of the situation composed looking ahead and it just gives me the feeling of this Quietly confident guy that he might yet do the old Steve McQueen. Right, the greatest gate. Well, you'd never, this you'd never rule anybody out the first week in March. You know, it's still early. Uh, there's still um, what, 10, 11 games to go. So, no, listen, they'll be with a shout. He's been allowed to bring in some of the players that he wanted. He's managed to get rid of a few that he didn't want. And, uh, you know, certainly the St Mirren have got that um, extra spark in, in the team with the likes of Kyle McAllister and, and one or two others, Dreyer and, and, and Nazon in, in forward areas. But as I say, Hugh, I just, I just think they're too. They're too soft when it comes to I think they're bullied too easily It is a depleted fixture card This afternoon Into the championship we go Fraser Wishart's watching Dunfermline Against Queen of the South Fraser we of course Had a championship game Last night Partick Thistle Get to watch on this weekend Because they're in cup action On Monday um, And a big one for you At East End Park it is, and you're right, Gordon, with the game last night, and I think that just summed up the, the tight nature of the, the championship as a league, and the, these two teams today that I'm watching also sum up the unpredictable nature of, of this division. You know, you come to Dunfermline, a club with great history, and you look around the ground, and the size of the club, they should probably be in our premiership, but recent financial problems, and they, they find themselves in the championship, but they want to get back up. I saw Queen of the South beat Ross County comprehensively just at the turn of the year 4-0 at home Stephen Dobie was absolutely magnificent at that point they were on the fringes of actually getting themselves into the title race but uh, as I said earlier the unpredictable nature of this league is so tight they now have lost five and they find themselves just five points above bottom place and in real danger of being dragged into a relegation battle whereas Dunfermline at that same point they were just a few points above the, the, the bottom of the, of the table and they had a difficult season Steve Crawford is now in charge because Alan Johnson lost his job and uh, they've, they've found themselves in a real battle but their recent 
second run of form and is a complete opposite to Queen of the South. Three wins in a row, and it means that if they win today, they'll be in the top four and the chance of playoff spot and maybe getting back into the Premiership where they've spent so many years. Plenty of good players on show, plenty of players with Premiership experience. Dunfermline go with Ryan Scully in goals, Ryan Williamson, Lee Ashcroft, Danny Devine and James Craig at the back, Tom Beadling and Joe Thompson in the midfield with Callum Higginbotham, Aidan Conley and Ryan Blair behind on loan Aberdeen striker Bruce Anderson. Jackson Longridge, Mark Dunnan, Louis Longridge, Callum Smith, Matthew Todd, Robbie Muirhead and Cammy Gill are on the bench for Queen of the South. Desperate for a result of some sort here today. Alan Martins in goals. Scott Mercer, Darren Brownlee, Callum Fordyce and Jordan Marshall at the back. Michael Doyle, Kyle Jacobs, Ian Wilson and Fraser Ayer in midfield with Lyndon Dykes and skipper Stephen Doby up front. The substitutes for Queen of the South, only five of them. Jack Leefield, Andrew Stirling, Ian McGrath, Conor Murray and Barry Maguire. And the referee today at East End Park is Gavin Duncan. Oh, that was Fraser Wishard then at East End Park. Let's go to the C&G Systems Stadium. Can anyone tell us who plays there? Dumbarton. Yeah, Dumbarton. You only know that because you know that it's the only ground I've not been to yet. But that, that could pop up and beat the pundit at some point. Gordon, does, he, does he know he's there? Gordon Dale, last time you were there, you got locked in because we left you so long uh, after the game. Hopefully, no such problems this afternoon. Yeah, I've got a torch and a ladder, Gordon, just in case anything goes wrong and the rain is lashing down. But I'm really looking forward to this because the last time I was here, it was a very entertaining game against Forfar, which Dumbarton lost um, 3 2. And I think we'll get plenty of goals this afternoon. A broth are flying high. And it's great to see managers like Dick Campbell, old school. I went into the dressing room and you have no idea the language that he gave me to tell me to get out of the dressing room. And he's up against the experience of obviously our own Jim Duffy and Super Scoreboard. So Jim Duffy's, I think, has done a terrific job here. When I was here the last time they were bought my league, they could hardly put anybody on the bench. Still today, I was in the office, he was waiting on players coming in. He was, you know, he didn't know his team, he didn't know who his goalkeeper was even going to be. Um, so it's a difficult job, and he's got off the bottom of the table, but he's still in that danger zone. And this is a, a game against a team who are flying high. Th- 32 points between the sides, you've got to say. And Dick Campbell's team, 16 points ahead of Wraith Rovers at the top of the league. So it's just a matter of time when they clinch the championship. So plenty of goals today, and uh, I'm really looking forward to an entertaining game. Anyone got sympathy for him listening to that rain lashing down at the CNG System Stadium? I was just laughing because you mentioned Dick Campbell and uh, Dick's propensity for sweary words. <laughs> 2002, Gordon. I've just come back from Japan from the World Cup with Mark Guidi. I've gone on holiday to Sorrento with my wife and the first person we meet, Dick Campbell. <laughs> Seriously. And my, my wife is not often stuck for words. But by the time <laughs> Dick Campbell left... <laughs> Her mouth was wide open And she had a shocked expression on her face That's how everyone reacts when they see you though, is it not? Well, Dick Campbell Top bloke But absolutely top of the sweary box Oh Hugh, you've got Honestly, I went into the dressing room I says to him just jokingly I says, Dick He's still using a few sweary words <laughs> in the dressing room Well, I'm telling you It was a double barrel I got Where you get dated Whatever oh, yeah, it was <laughs> Uh, what about the big London derby Just quickly Alex Ray It's on the television at the moment Tottenham 1 Arsenal 1 Tottenham just equalised With a penalty Harry Kane And now Arsenal Have got a penalty In the 90th minute Very dubious penalty as well Gordon And it's Agu Obama Yang Bangyam Yeah he'll come up Say that again <laughs> Pronounce that again for us Agbangyam No Obama Yang Obama Yang Even Mark Wilson's got it down He's scoring anyway regardless You think so 100% The Arsenal boy 
Also, I love Alex Ray's uh, criteria. How he thinks that was dubious penalty. I thought that was absolute stonewall. Do you think so? You know, but you, to be fair to me, he said the Spurs penalty was dubious as and well. And that was also a stonewall. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, here he comes. Aye, aye, bang, aye, oh! and he's been saved by Hugo Lloris oh! and is off the line. Defending. There we go. Right, Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan. We've got the top team all around the grounds. At this point on a Saturday We always look back On the week's biggest stories I'll give you a couple of minutes To guess what that biggest story Of this week was Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results For Scottish accident And injury victims For 40 years Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson And Alex Ray Are in the studio We've got Mark Guidi Fraser Wishart And Gordon DL Roger Hanna Out and about At the grounds this afternoon Bit of a funny fixture card today We've got one Scottish Cup tie Later on We've got a couple tomorrow We've got one on Monday night So it's all strung out um, And we're covering St Mirren Livy Dunfermline Queen of the South Dumbarton are both Kelly Mullerwell And later on Hibs Celtic this afternoon Hugh Evans at this time every Saturday we get all the guys involved and we look back on the biggest story or the biggest stories of the week have, yep. you, got, have you got anything in mind? Well let's try the guy who did the unethical but not the illegal uh, some of the reaction to Brendan Rogers' departure has been so far over the top it really is not funny however Brendan brought up the question of ethics last weekend when Motherwell scored the goal that should never have been I think what the manager has done is unethical in as far as Celtic had a league on their hands that was not yet won, had the Scottish Cup not yet won, the treble treble on the line, and I think the timing of his departure from Celtic was very poor. However, when you read in our newspapers this morning, Brendan Rodgers talking about I might come back in 10 years' time when the heat's died down, then I think we're going over the top. What he did, I believe, was unethical, but not illegal. Fraser Wishart, we've not heard your thoughts on this topic this week. Uh, quite a lot to take in. It's where do you even start? Brendan Rodgers leaves. Neil Lennon comes back. He goes to Tynecastle. He's now going to Easter Road. What have you made of it all? It's uh, it's crazy, isn't it? When you think of uh, Neil Lennon going to back to Easter Road today, you know, and uh, if Hibs win, then that goes the treble, treble, and uh, and it's his old employers of just a month ago that would that would do that. Um, yeah, listen. I, I I do kind of look at things slightly differently. I I get the fact that supporters are, are angry and they're shocked and they're and they're stunned, and rightly so. I mean, they, they're the ones that, that invest everything, money wise, but also just emotionally, into football clubs. It doesn't matter who you support. You're invested in that. But once you get involved in the game as a as a professional, whether it's any of the guys here as, as football players or, or turned managers. You know, you can be a Celtic supporter, you can be a Rangers supporter, but you, you're also got to make professional decisions, and, and fans f- find that understandably difficult to understand. You know, I really do get that. I, I do kind of look at it a bit more dispassionately. You know, it's, it's a man changing his job, and uh, the employer gets six million compensation, so it's, it's not bad. But I can understand why supporters are, are so. Uh, put out by this because it is a key part of the the, the season. It's not left the club in a, in a bad situation, but they they, they, they rightly say could they not have waited till the summertime? The job might not have been there in the summertime. I think it was always Brendan Rodgers' aim to come to Scotland for for a, for a number of years and then go back down to, to England. Players have come to Scotland and done exactly the same thing. Our bigger clubs would relish the chance to go and play in the Premiership if they had the opportunity. So, so yeah, it's it's a difficult one because supporters just can't they can't get their head around it. They just can't get their head around it. But as professionals, when you come into the game, you've got to make a, a professional decision. And when you look at Leicester City. You know, outside of the top six in England, which Brendan Rodgers was never going to get, it's as good as any job around. You know, they're a big club. Mm-hmm. They won the, the growing club. Sorry, they won the league. They got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They have rich backers. They're investing in the training ground. 
I can understand why he took that decision, but on the other hand, the timing was awful for everybody concerned. Mark Guidi? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the reaction for Celtic supporters uh, in some parts is understandable that they're hurting because they've lost the best manager they've had in, in, in many years and maybe the best manager that they'll ever get for the next um, number of years because he pushed the club to new limits. He won seven trophies to trot. Look at what he inherited. Look at the state of the club they inherited, he pushed the Celtic board and Dermot Desmond to the limits. He made Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond release every penny possible on and off the park. So for that, you've got to congratulate him for pushing the board all the way, the improvement in players. Yeah, he's gone, but you know what? He's gone to 140 grand a week. He's been back down south. He clearly felt that he wasn't going to get the backing at Celtic that, that he wanted to try and take to the next level, rightly or wrongly. So he moves on and... Um, what I found interesting from the stuff yesterday for the boys that went down the road, Gordon, was was two things that, that stuck out for me because he's been accused of um, pushing the move himself just now. And make no mistake, um, had the, uh, the the tragedy not happened with the, with the helicopter and the Leicester owner back in late October, early November, Claude Puyel was getting sacked that weekend and Brendan Rovers was going to take, take over. Um, so this has been bubbling away for four or five months. It then came to a head um, again there last week. But uh, he's going for a lot of money, and rightly so. He's absolutely right to go down south. Leicester played it with the book. They've given him six million. But he said, I did not push it. I was told I had to go now by Leicester, and Peter Lowell can verify that. So it'll be interesting to get Peter's take yep. um, on that, just to back that up. And the other thing I thought was interesting that he didn't comment on, and he's clever enough not to tell any lies, but he's clever enough also not to tell the truth when he was pushed on. Um, well, you come back in for Kieran Tierney or Callum McGregor, says, oh, I've not even thought about that that yet for me that is a resounding yes I will be back with the checkbook in the summer this is this is a problem for me Brendan Rodgers done terrifically well for Celtic won the trophies and he he's saying he's left a legacy there to continue with John Kennedy you know working closely with him and he should be able to continue that Mark touches on it there though Brendan Rodgers has left Celtic in a position where you probably look at their back four who's perhaps not going to be there list his contracts up you know Toyan will go back You've got Bayata who looks like he's going out the door. Benkovic will go back to the club. Tierney, the huge question mark over, maybe a transfer target, not only for Leicester, but for a lot of clubs this summer. Um, then you look further forward, where you've got Weir's going back, Burke's going back. So whoever gets the job, if it's Neil Lennon, he's got a hell of a mm. job to do in the summer in terms of transfers. Let's hear a bit from Brendan Rodgers yesterday then, on that subject that Mark Weary raises. You know, Could it have waited until the summer? Well, it was a very, very difficult decision I think that um, if I was making this decision with my heart and I'd be, I'd be at Celtic for life because it's an incredible club club I supported all my life but it all happened very quickly I, I was presented an opportunity that, that came to me obviously of course then emotionally you having to take that out and my decision was that I felt that after nearly three years at Celtic with everything that we'd achieved and the success that we'd had on the pitch and the improvements we made off the pitch. I felt it was probably then the time to move on to my next challenge. And I've had opportunities to leave in, in over nearly three years at Celtic, but this was an opportunity that I felt was too good to turn down. Like I said, it wasn't easy at all, and I've got family and everyone that are still deeply upset. However, I have to remove that emotion in, in my career as a, as a football manager, and, and then, like I say, I'm very happy that I made the move. The supporters from the first day I walked into Celtic, they were incredible, home and away, and, and gave us the support. And like like I say, my family have supported you know Celtic all their lives. So, uh, but I have to remove all of that emotion and and think right, okay, if 
my journey has finished at Celtic and I've achieved probably what I think maybe is all I can, then I have to uh, look there and, and look elsewhere and that's, that's what I did. Well, a, a decision of the, the, the head and not the heart. That's Brendan Rogers' take on what he did. The supporters' reaction is a reaction from the heart and not the head. Some have gone too far, undoubtedly too far, but those who have reacted with their hearts have in the main done so because they care so much for the club and they cannot believe that a manager who was so great for Celtic has gone with a league as yet undecided and a cup as yet undecided. So their reaction is from the heart. Roger Hanna, a small band of uh, newspaper journalists went down to that press conference yesterday. Some broadcast journalists as well got plenty of time to ask Brendan Rodgers to, to try and get the answers that the Celtic fans have been looking for what did you make of the answers he gave yeah I thought the answers he gave were candid um, he's not having the level of abuse that he's taken from some Celtic supporters since last Tuesday and he's made that clear the first thing you have to say Gordon is Brendan Rodgers was nothing short of sensational for Celtic mm. when Brendan Rodgers arrived at the club the top tier was shut not only has Peter Lawwell opened the top tier, he had to open the trophy cabinet for seven consecutive trophies. Um, and there could well be an eighth and a ninth on the way. A lot of the spade work having been done by Brendan Rodgers. Um, what annoys Celtic fans, and the first three who called in on Tuesday night, all use the word disgusted. What has disgusted the Celtic fans is the timing of it. And the way that Brendan has portrayed himself is this died in the world Celt, a Celtic supporter all his life, you know Celtic means everything to him the Celtic supporters are criticising him none of them would walk away at the end of February, start of March with a league and a cup still to be won, their argument is if he's such a big Celtic supporter as he says he is then he would have stayed to the summer and if he had missed out on the Leicester job, so be it that's what's paining them I can fully see why Brendan Rodgers is gone because as one of the boys was saying when you come to the summer I think there's going to be an enormous turnover of players at Celtic you could be looking at double figures going out the door and that's even before the bid's expected for a Tierney, a McGregor maybe even a Forrest and an Edward as well Roger, it's just that Celtic's great good fortune that Neil Lennon was there and available because he, you talk about hitting the ground running, he, within a 24-hour time scale, had to get in there, accept the job, and then go to Tynecastle for what was a, a, a fairly dramatic fixture. Uh, and he got through it belatedly, didn't play well second half against 10 men, but got through it with all three points. And had Brendan Rodgers gone... And Neil Lennon hadn't been available Well who knows what we could be dealing with now Gordon I think that Lee Congerton will be leaving the club as well Maybe in the summer if not sooner And it'll be interesting to see who Celtic replace him with I think we should go back to John Park, John Park Yeah would yeah. be the one yeah. go, back, go back to him because I never quite understood why uh, The man who had done so much to bring good players to Celtic uh, And that he put in an awful lot of work on Moussa Dembele uh, and earn Celtic £20 million I think if you're looking for a man to fill Lee Congerton's uneventful shoes uh, then I'd go for John Park The relationship Park. between Neil Lennon and John Park was particularly strong behind the scenes at Lennox Town you know, always together, always chatting I don't know how the relationship was between Brendan Rogers and Lee Congerton but I, I tell you It would have been strong it, Mark, he brought him in didn't he? 
Yeah, well, but I'll go back to even Neil Lennon's first game in charge. John Park was in about the dressing room. That's how much he trusted John Park at that time. And it, it paid off because look at the amount of players, you know, Hugh mentioned there. So if Lee Congarn has to go, I would say John Park's the man to bring bring back in. Gordon Deal. Yeah, I do agree with Mark Wilson there. Um, the one thing you've got to say is it's a big job for Neil Lennon because he's got to get the title over the line. You can say what you want about Brendan Rodgers, but what a position he's left Neil Lennon in. Eight points, the goal difference. Uh, still in the cup, obviously, tonight. Um, so he's left them in a good position. The only thing I would be a bit frightened of if the new manager comes in, whether it's Neil Lennon who's in pole position, there's a clearing out to be done at Celtic. There's a lot of expensive dead wood in there that needs cleared out. Massive job. Mark touched on a few of them, talking about the back four and then obviously bids coming in for other players. So it'll be interesting. Neil, I think, is under a lot of pressure because it would be unforgivable for Celtic not to win the title. Let's hear a bit more from Brendan Rodgers yesterday. I understand the timing issue. I said because if there was a time, the ideal time would have been the summer. Absolutely. It wasn't something that I was looking for. You know, we were very focused. You see how we were when we came back from uh, from our midwinter break. Team very focused, playing very well, winning. This was a, an opportunity that arose and very quickly. And I had a decision that I had to make very quickly and, and obviously removing the emotion from that was something that w- was key and I believe that this opportunity to, to come to a club like Leicester, it wasn't going to wait for me, so then I have a decision to make I think the club in fairness had, had to make a decision in terms of where they were at and of course the the intention was to bring in someone someone permanent I think when they spoke with Celtic they made it clear that I was their, their only choice, which then means that I then have a decision to make so um, it wouldn't have waited. There we are, Mark Guidi. It, it wouldn't have waited. That was the final line we heard there. So that that clears up part of the the debate from earlier in the week. Yeah, because you know I, I think a lot of the narrative that's come out has been very unfair on Brendan Rogers. A lot of propaganda. You know, he wanted to take all the staff with him. Stories like that, and you know, John Kennedy said in, he, in his press that he was they given the opportunity to join Brendan Rogers. So I think there's been a lot of unfair. Uh, stuff levelled at, at Brendan Rodgers and as one of the boys here, I think it was Rodgers said he's been sensational look at the state of the club three years ago you know what, what did the Celtic want would they rather carried on with a Tony Mowbray or a Ronnie Dyler so be thankful for what he had and for that banner on Wednesday night at, uh, at Tynecastle to call the man a fraud was an absolute disgrace yeah he'd only been away for 24 hours by then now was he a, was he a fraud 40 hours earlier 72 hours earlier so uh, he became a fraud very, very quickly. Um, and that was unfair. And the uh, other reaction to Brendan Rodgers' departure has been an affront to decency, let's be honest. Uh, and uh, the Celtic supporters, I think, are looking at one another now and some vehemently disagree with their fellow Celtic supporters over conduct now. But what is undeniable whether you're behaving yourself or not behaving yourself is that Brendan Rodgers left at a time when there were so many games to play that you could say that his departure was unethical but it has put a spotlight on certain aspects of his time in charge Roger Hannam thinking in particular the response from Moussa Dembele on Twitter he clearly wasn't holding back um, you know making the suggestions that, that Brendan Rodgers perhaps didn't handle that situation too well and I think that's leading some Celtic fans to to revise the, their opinion on, on these issues and issues like it. 
Yeah, well, if um, Jamie Vardy heads out of uh, King Power Stadium in the summer, I would not expect Leicester to be moving from Moussa Dembele any time soon after that exchange. But um, I think he will maybe be seeing publicly, as a former Celtic player, which some of the current Celtic players might be thinking privately. Um, you go back to Dedrick Boyata, who missed a key Champions League qualifier against the EK Athens in a row over whether or not he had been told he could leave the club. Um, I believe all Olivier and Charm's representatives also believe that he should have been allowed to have gone to Porto last summer. They believe he had some variety of agreement, be it a verbal one, certainly not a written one. So there have been... Uh, the word was used on Tuesday, integrity. I think Moose's integrity was called into question. Dedrick's integrity was called into question. Um, the people surrounding Olivier and Charm's integrity was called into question. And now, you know, with all of that having happened in the past, the man who reluctantly allowed Moose to go and determinedly kept both Boyata and Charm at the club, his integrity in some quarters is now being called into question. So it's a very, very odd turn of events I was, I was saying on Monday night uh, for my take on the whole situation I wasn't surprised we, we callers on here saying there's no way he will leave his uh, son is called after Antoine Rogan we, we, we mocked that because if there's a decision I am very much in the camp where uh, Fraser's argument to all this is for me he is a Celtic man I think that's part of where the the anger's coming from that Various sections of the Celtic fan can't believe that someone's left him with the timing of it. I totally agree, the emotion and all that. But on the back of it all, he had a decision to make purely for his career. Now, I always felt as if it was a stepping stone going two years, three years in Scotland. And then he's went back to a, an opportunity where he can take a club up the table. And then for me, he's looking for a top four. Uh, one of the big hitters for me. The chapter is closed though. At 5.15. Never mind his son being called. I was going to say, never mind his son being called after Anton Rogan. Can you imagine all the kids aged two years and under Brendan. called Brendan? <laughs> what a hard time. They're getting to play school this week. Anyway, uh, the chapter is closed, I think. Uh, he's had his say. He plays against Watford tomorrow at Vicarage Road. The most important thing for the Celtic supporters now, every man, woman, child, whether you're part of the banner, whether you believe the banner or not, the most important thing now is 5.15, Easter Road, Neil Lennon is the Celtic manager. Can you imagine if, uh, if we'd actually questioned Brendan Rodgers seven days ago on this show, we'd yeah. say he was a fraud, we'd question his integrity, we'd question this, that and the next thing. I mean, you, you guys wouldn't have got home to midnight with the, with the phone in. You know, it's, it's amazing the, 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 the turnaround and that's why I was saying earlier, you know, that um, fans don't understand when, when somebody like Brendan Rodgers is a Celtic supporter I was brought up a St Mern supporter you know um, but I, I don't cry tonight St Mern lose now I'm not like these people who put their money in and their emotion in as well you know supporters up and down the land love their clubs and, and when you join football as I did 35 years ago you, you lose a wee edge to that you have to you have to act as a professional make a decision that becomes a job and as a, as a professional man and uh, you know I, I totally understand supporters being just their jaw dropping but the, the truth is at Leicester City are one of the top 20 clubs in Europe now financially they're a the club that's growing and Brendan Rodgers wanted to, to, to go but uh, the reaction imagine it seven days ago it would have been astonishing if, if, if anybody had been criticising Brendan Rodgers the way he's been criticised this week but Celtic are in a good place and, and I still think they'll go on and certainly win the league chance of winning the treble and uh, everything will be forgotten about in the summer OK let's leave that one there for now we're going back around the grounds and building up to kick off next 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Just over 10 minutes until kick-off in our featured matches in the Premiership this afternoon. We've got two crackers, Kilmarnock, Motherwell and St Mirren against Livingston. Our featured championship match, Dunfermline, Queen of the South. And we're even delving into League One this afternoon, Dumbarton against Arbroath. Later on, of course, the big one at Easter Road, Hibs against Celtic. And we will continue to build up to not only that, but tomorrow's fixtures as well as the afternoon progresses. Let's go back around the grounds, though, back to Rugby Park. Roger Hanna's watching Kilmarnock. Against Motherwell Crucial period perhaps Coming up for Kilmarnock Roger The the Stevie Clark era Has been A fantastic success But at the moment It's just in danger of Dropping below those standards Yeah um, I believe The players are flying out To Tenerife tomorrow For this delayed uh, Winter training camp That Steve Clark And I like that Are taking them out When they don't have Another Premiership game Till a week on Monday When they go to play St Mirren and Paisley so I think Steve Clark just feels a wee break of the, from the norm a different routine might just kick start the season again they have had a sticky little patch you know if you remember not long after the winter break they've been talked about by some Kelly fans as, as, as title contenders as they went very close to, to Celtic and Rangers and Aberdeen but the facts are the way the results have gone even a victory here at home to Motherwell this afternoon Gordon won't take them back above Aberdeen in third place um, the next part the Steve Clark legacy here I think has to be either a cup and that's not going to happen this season or European qualification so I think you know for Kilmarnock I think they have to finish above Aberdeen or they have to hope that either Celtic Rangers or Aberdeen win the Scottish Cup and they can squeeze into the Europa League qualifiers by finishing fourth in the Premiership anything other than that after the way they finished last season and started this season I think that actually be a disappointment for Kilmarnock How much of that is down to a disruption in personnel Roger because there was a time that you could predict the starting 11 there or thereabouts every single week for Kilmarnock and of course you need a bit of luck with injuries and so on um, but in the last few weeks there's been a lot of chopping and changing injuries, suspension, whatever it may be and uh, they've not had that consistency recently yeah, well, the two aspects that really hurt them in January were the loss of Greg Stewart to a direct rival in Aberdeen and the loss of Jordan Jones, albeit he's still in the building, that, you know, his pre-contract to Rangers did have a destabilising effect around the club. Yes, he scored that winning goal when Rangers come down here immediately after the winter break, but he hasn't really set the header alight since then, Gordon, to the extent that he's been dropped again to the bench this afternoon. I mean, you think how important Stewart and Jones were in the first half of the season for Kelly without them in the second half of the season they just haven't looked as potent going forward at all ok let's continue going around the grounds then some big games all across the place this afternoon Mark Guidi is at St Mirren Livingston what about Livingston's part in all this Mark because I mean they've still been an undoubted success this season if you come up uh, for a second successive promotion and you stay in the top flight it's been a successful season Livingston have already sort of you know overshot that but of course that recently there has been a bit of a dip yeah there, there has and interestingly enough the, the former manager David Hopkin who resigned as manager Bradford um, earlier this week is at the game today I've just watched them just in front of us here mingling with the, the Livy players that, uh, that aren't involved today whether it's through injury or, or, or they're just out the squad but uh, David of course uh, this time last year was driving Livy towards promotion he got them up through the playoffs and stepped down it was a sticky start under Kenny Miller but Gary Holt got them going again and um, yeah they, they haven't looked back the only thing for them is as I said earlier they're in that kind of no man's land where they're not going to get into the top six and they ain't going to go down so it'll be interesting to see the character 
of the players to see how much they can push themselves between now and May the 18th and uh, also as well I dare say a number of them will either be playing for, for new contracts here or to try and attract uh, interest from, from elsewhere Days like this can be nervy affairs Mark, uh, Mark Guidi of course you're looking at you know home fixture home advantage but that brings its own pressure doesn't it because the, the home fans are going to have to be patient this afternoon they are at horrible conditions you know it's wet it's windy it's not ideal at all so men like to get it down uh, on the grounds uh, you know Livingston a bit more up and at them um, that's why I fancy Livingston uh, to sneak it today but for St Mirren with this game in hand bearing in mind they are anchored at the bottom of the table they must win today if they're to have anything about them and to send out the right message between now and the, and, and the split on April the 6th they've got to win this afternoon well, let's go into the championship and speak to Fraser Wisher Fraser let's look at a bit of an overview of, of that division as a whole um, Partick Thistle are bottom on 25 points they're only 11 points off 4th um, so there are various ways of, of spinning that division and it just shows you how every you know, every week there's a different twist or turn. Yeah, and we're getting to that stage of the season now, where, where every every win and every defeat has a huge, uh, substantial effect on on a, a club's season. And uh, for for Dunfermline, uh, said earlier, Alan Johnson lost his job, and I fancied Dunfermline to be right up there this season. Looking at the, the, the team, like of Callum Higginbotham and Ethan Connolly, you've got Lee Ashcroft, Danny Devine, Bruce Anderson's joining loan, a young lad from Aberdeen. They've got a, a Premier League look about them, and, and even as a club, they've got a Premier League look about them. There's just less than five here for the midweek game against Partick Thistle and that will compete with, with uh, sort of half of the, the Premiership clubs as well so there's a potential there but uh, as you say it's so tight and, and uh, Partick Thistle Falkirk and Alloa they'll be looking above them to Queen of the South who've just dropped now and uh, they've still got 30 points they're just 5 off there they want to drag them back onto it but if Queen of the South win today they find themselves a point behind Dunfermline and perhaps a chance to get into the top 4 so it is so tight and there's nothing to choose between between the teams and I expect today to be a really tight game today I do expect Dunfermline to win it I think they're on a, a really good run of form having won their last 3 games and I said earlier they've got, they've got some really good players but it's a terrific league to watch and, and it's good profile for them to, to the games on, on television between now and the end of the season because I don't think any of the issues will be settled until the last couple mm. of games Who are you backing to, to win it Fraser because a lot of focus on Dundee United because their January recruitment was perceived to be so strong they spent a lot of money brought in a lot of experienced players but when you look at Ross County granted they've now lost Billy Mackay to injury so we'll wait and see how damaging that was five points clear with a game in hand is a pretty strong position to be in it is I do fancy County to go on and, and win it I think Billy McCabe be a huge blow for them and uh, he's scored so many goals this season of course Hatrick uh, against the United last, last weekend but um, I do fancy them they've kept a Premiership squad they've kept a Premiership budget and some of the, they're paying really good salaries a lot more than a lot of the, the Premiership teams as well so Roy, Roy McGregor's invested in the team to come back straight away but uh, Dundee United are strong and you look at them if they were to get into the playoff final and play against maybe a Hamilton or Dundee or maybe St Mirren as well you would give them every chance I mean, we could have a Dundee uh, playoff for, for, for promotion as well they look a strong team and they've got a good a good manager uh, but I do think Ross County will go on and win it but United will cause anybody problems if they get to the playoff final so the, the, the teams are going to finish 11th in the Premiership I've got a lot of work to do to stay up uh, Gordon DL at Dumbarton against our broth. How are things looking there a couple of minutes to go until kick-off? Absolutely terrific. OK, the conditions aren't great, but I've got to say, and I've got to hand it to our broth fans, they've travelled in very, very good numbers. Obviously, the fact that they're sitting top of the league, Gordon, it's just a case of when they actually win the league. The one thing you've got to say about experienced managers, old school as we say, Dick Campbell knows how to win these leagues. 
just give him the squad, he knows how to play, there's nothing fancy about him, he just gets out there, he gets his players up for it, and as I said earlier, there's 16 points in front of Wraith Rovers, uh, this has got to be a very difficult game for Dumbarton, who are fighting at the bottom of the league, Jim's, I must admit, because I've been here, because I've been in his office and seen what he's going through just before, you know, trying to name a team and wondering who's fit and how many he's got on the bench, he's no money, he's doing a terrific job and if he can keep them up it'll be fantastic for him but it's got to be difficult today against a good abroad side OK, the scene is set, St Mirren against Livingston, Kilmarnock and Motherwell, Dunfermline, Queen of the South and Dumbarton are both later on, we've got Hibs against Celtic and the three o'clock kickoffs are next it's Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line 0141 951 1025. Give us a call right now or send us a tweet. We're 15 minutes away from kickoff at Easter Road between Hibs and Celtic, so there's still time to get your pre match thoughts in on that. Whilst we're talking about pre match thoughts, surely you've got some ahead of Aberdeen against Rangers tomorrow. How do you see the game going? Who should play? Who shouldn't play? What about Morelos against McKenna? And of course, St Mirren fans You'll be back in the car now You'll be on the supporters bus You might be getting on the train Give us a call That could be the big turning point Is this the day That your survival bid Truly kicked off Or Is it going to be another false dawn Let us know 01419511025 Hugh Keevans Mark Wilson And Alex Rare in the studio Gordon DL And Fraser Wishart are still with us out and about at the grounds as well. Let me just quickly remind you of today's full-time scores in the Premiership. It finished Kilmarnock 0, Motherwell 0, St Mirren 1, Livingston 0. In the Championship, Dunfermline 1, Queen of the South 0. In League 1, Airdrie 1, Montrose 0, Dumbarton 2 are both 0. 4 for 3, East Fife 0, Stenhouse Muir 1, Brecon City 1 and Stranraer 2, Wraith Rovers 2. Into League 2, Albion Rovers 1, Berwick 1, Annan 2 Queen's Park 1 Clyde 1 Edinburgh City 0 Cowdenbeath 1 Stirling Albion 2 And Peterhead 1 Elgin City 0 Finally the English Premier League The early game finished Tottenham 1 Arsenal 1 Bournemouth 0 Man City 1 Brighton 1 Huddersfield 0 Burnley 1 Crystal Palace 3 Man United 3 Southampton 2 And Wills 2 Cardiff City 0 What's on your mind tonight Hugh Keevans? Well obviously The, the cup It now Turns to the Scottish Cup We've had league matches that With the honourable exception of St Mirren were uneventful uh, St Mirren have done their job They're only one point behind Dundee now That's a, an ongoing story But now about the Cup We've got Celtic at Hibs Tomorrow we've got Rangers at Aberdeen And on Monday night Hearts go to Partick Thistle Which looks a bit of a mismatch But Time will tell So it's all about the cup now for us Come on, let's hear from you 01419511025 Let's get the thoughts also of Neil Lennon, shall we? It's a one-off game So the pressure's the same We know we know we'll have to perform And perform at a really high level To win away from home it, It's been emotional for them Really emotional It's been difficult for them You know, sometimes uh, Brendan's here one day And then he's gone the next And it's a huge void because he's a mentor to them, he's a voice for them, you know, almost for some of the younger ones, a father figure. And when you lose that, you know, there is a, a loss there, there's no question that. And it's just my rule to try and fill it as best I can and, and keep, them, keep them going. Fraser Wisher, is that an aspect to these situations which sometimes gets overlooked? Neil Lennon talking about it being an emotional time for players. Most people are looking at this and saying, well, Brendan Rodgers was a good manager, Neil Lennon's also a good manager, and therefore, you know, it'll just carry on. But 
These players are now working with a guy who's got a completely different style, completely different relationship with, with them. So that, that, that must take a bit of getting used to. Yeah, it can be. It can be quite a, a difficult time. I mean, I don't think any manager in, in the country, any manager in history has been universally popular. There's always two or three players maybe that uh, have fallen out with or, or are not, not playing or whatever else. So they may be quite pleased that the manager's gone. But I think in Celtic's case, there may be a couple of guys who are maybe quite happy. But most of them would, would have been improved or brought in by by um, uh, by. Uh, Brendan Rodgers and he thinks that some of the young Scottish lads you know Scott Baines coming to the team but Tierney in particular kicked on magnificently I think Callum McGregor's a different player as well now Brendan Rodgers all of a sudden different manager but they're in a good place usually a new manager comes in when your team's struggling and uh, the manager gets the bullet and the new manager's coming in and it's really just firefighting in this, in this situation Celtic in a great position you know they're, they're 8 points ahead they've got a huge cup tie tonight if they win that they're in the semi-finals of the cup a couple of games perhaps away from the treble treble so yeah they're in a, in a good position and I think in Celtic's case they're senior players they're experienced professionals they've got a lot of good guys around the restroom I don't think it'll be too difficult because Neil Lennon won't tinker too much he'll just keep things going Well let's speak to Kevin in Coatbridge first up tonight Hi Kevin Hi there how you doing Pam? Not too bad at all Kevin what's on your mind? Yeah just regarding the Celtic situation um I think Rogers, albeit it was a huge success up here, um, I think it was a very ambitious appointment by Celtic. I always felt that they would never be able to realise his ambitions. Um, I think going forward, I think Celtic should be looking, uh, trying to build a kind of longer term legacy. Um, Neil Lennon, to me, is a first class manager, and I think you know somebody like Neil Lennon, um, Celtic should be looking to. Install either either Neil Lennon or somebody of that ilk for you know the next five ten years. Um, there seems to be too much change with managers these days. Um, you know Celtic financially are sound. I think going forward, rather than looking at a foreign manager or maybe trying to get somebody in as you know the calibre of Rogers, I think it should be should be just simply looking at somebody of of, of Lennon's uh, calibre who isn't going to be making too big. Uh, of a demand in terms of the finances of things. Um, you know, let's be honest, Celtic in Europe, for example, I think we always we felt that Rodgers would maybe take them uh, further. Uh, it never happened. I don't think it'll ever happen. I think Celtic fans like myself have to realise that, you know, the best we could hope for is maybe Champions League groups and possibly the last 16. But we know that the board aren't going to spend big. So um, I think that's my point. We should, we should really be looking at someone who could install for a you know a five ten year period? I, th- I think it's straightforward. <laughs> if Neil Lennon gets the title over the line and wins the Scottish Cup, he's the manager. I mean, does he even a moral right to assume that you'll be the manager if you've won the title and won the Scottish Cup and therefore the treble treble? Uh, I don't think that in football you give someone the next five to ten years. It just doesn't work that way. Kevin, you know, if you for think for both parties, to be fair, I mean, yeah. we've seen it on the other side. Neil Lennon walked away himself, Absolutely, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I was just jotting down while Kevin was speaking there the 1990s uh, Celtic managers in the 1990s: Billy McNeil, Liam Brady, Lou McCary, Tommy Burns, Bim Janssen, Joe Venglos, all in the 1990s. And that was at a time when you probably did get get more time in a job than you yeah. do now. Uh, so, football, you, you cannot. Bank on the next ten Can I come years. Back in? On you go. Can I come back in? Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Hugh, but you know, why not? Why, 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 why do we have this, you know, big turnaround in, in management? I don't understand it. If uh, if a manager's brought in, whoever's brought into the Celtic job next, um, 
if the ambitions are all agreed, then really, if he's successful, you know, if he's whoever it is, if he's happy being in the role long term and the board are happy and the ambitions are all agreed at the outset, then why why can't it be that? I'm thinking you're, you're quoting the nineties. Obviously, there was a huge turnaround. Um, but look at look at Ferguson at Man United. I, mean, I know Man United are a, a huge global team, but you know Alex Ferguson was what twenty odd years in the job. Wenger at Arsenal, you know, eighteen years in the job. You know, obviously something was was uh, agreed with these guys when they took it over the role, or, or after a period of time where they were all happy with the with the situation. And these guys lasted a long, long time. So, Sir Alec so, so came in when. Uh, Football allowed you time. Sir Alec had five years and won nothing at Old Trafford, and then came yeah. uh, the glory years. Uh, the, the Arsenal fans will tell you that they, they allowed Arsene Wenger to stay way beyond uh, the length of time he should have been there, and that was counterproductive in the in the club's history. I, I think again, Kevin, there's a a moral obligation to give Neil Lennon the job if he wins the title and the Scottish Cup. Remember, Neil. I would agree. Neil, I would agree, and I'd like to think that Neil. Uh, if he is successful in giving the job, I'd like to see him here for, you know, maybe 10 years has been a bit too optimistic, but certainly five years, why not? But, but, but remember, Neil, Neil left because you were chatting about Brendan Rodgers' ambitions and perhaps Celtic could never reach his heights. I think it was similar with Neil Lennon. He got to a stage where he got to the last 16 of the Champions League and I think there was rumours that he was asking for more money and he wanted, you know, he had... Bigger ambitions are trying to progress the club, and it wasn't going to happen. So he decided to leave. So, I mean, what's to say? A couple of years down the line, Neil takes a job, gets to ten in a row, but wants to progress in Europe, and the backing isn't there mm. again. Gordon, do you what do you make of of Kevin's point? Yeah, I think in the the modern day football now, I think that managers, it's not a, a long term project. Again. And if they're successful, and Mark's right there, if they're successful, they start to look at other ventures like Brendan Rodgers. Managers and clubs outgrow each other. Uh, and that's exactly what happened to Brendan Rodgers. He wanted to move on to his next challenge. And and Mark was touching on it there. If, if Neil Lennon, who will probably get the job, because I think that the league will be put in the bag, and it's up to him now to the starts tonight to see if he can get the Scottish Cup as well, I think Celtic will go with him in the summer. I think they'll give him the opportunity. Um, I think it's the right appointment for them um, I think it's a good appointment for them but you don't get five years uh, nowadays because if you're successful then you start to look at the bigger picture the other clubs like Brendan Rodgers started looking at after only what two and a half years and seven trophies in, in the bag so no, clubs nowadays you, you don't get five years or ten years and, and I know it sounds very good and stability and everything in a club but that does not work now in the modern day game Okay, thank you to Kevin in Coat Bridge. It's 01419511025 if you want to join them. St Mirren fans, I'm still waiting on you. Come on, let's hear from you because this could be this could be the turning point, Hugh Kevens. It might not be, but this could be the day that kickstarts St Mirren's survival bid. So I want to hear from you, St Mirren fans, and what you made of it. Yeah, it's certainly a major boost to everyone. You could hear when we were over to the ground there that there was a vibrancy about the place and the, the stadium announcer was giving it big licks for the crowd. Uh, so they they all understand the importance of that Simeon Jackson goal And uh, so too will Jim McIntyre Who may have left the ground by that time But he's a Dundee manager And he will realise that St Mirren are just a point behind them They've played the same number of games And the banners are out at, uh, at Easter Road The uh, cups are not won by individuals But 
by men in a team uh, without looking at the rest of the banner because the <laughs> cameras have panned away. The, the guy that was holding up the, the end of the he banner wasn't doing was, his job. was taking a break. It was a Jockstein quote, I believe, Hugh Keevans. Yeah, well, at least that's I'll tell fine. you what, I'll know a man who will be able to tell us. Let's build up to kick off at Easter Road with Andrew McLean. Yes, well, I'm just looking at that banner now that you're talking about. It says, Cups are not won by individuals, but by men in a team who put their club before personal prestige. A quote by Jock Steen. Uh, you can come to your own conclusions about who that's directed towards. I'm sure you might be able to work it out, but this certainly should be an interesting game here at Easter Road. And what a day it's going to be for Neil Lennon. He was saying in his pre-match press conference that this game isn't about him, it's about the team. It's about looking to get that place in the next round of the Scottish Cup. But it'll be hard to keep your eyes off him when he's on that touchline today. It's just another of one of those you know, many side stories that's come with Brendan Rodgers leaving for Leicester. The players just coming out the tunnel at the moment as for Hibs you know they'll be hoping that they can cause an upset here they're just two wins away from reaching what would be their fourth Scottish Cup final in eight years which is uh, an impressive record but you know Celtic of course chasing that unprecedented treble treble they could take another step towards that today they've had a 100% record in cup competitions over the last two and a half three seasons and Neil Lennon you can bet he's going to be desperate to keep that going today for the teams today it's two uh, just a one change for Hibs from that one against St Johnston Stevie Mallon goes out Stefan Omeonga comes in it's over Marciano in goal a back four of David Gray Darren McGregor Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson a diamond in midfield Mark, Mil- Mark Milligan at the base Vikinta Slivka and Stefan Omeonga ahead of him Daryl Horgan in behind the in for Mark McNulty and Florian Camberry the substitutes Dabrowski Bartley Mackie Shaw Mallon Allen and Bagiramana as for Celtic two changes from that win at Tynecastle was the rain absolutely teams down here at Easter Road it's Toljan and Henderson that go out in come Lustig and Edwards so it's Scott Bain in goal it's a back four of Mikael Lustig Dedrick Boyata Christopher Ayer and Kieran Tierney the two holding midfielders Scott Brown and Nier Piton James Forrest on the right Scott Sinclair on the left Odson Edward just in behind Oliver Burke the substitutes Gordon Toljan Hendry Hayes Weah Henderson and Johnson and the referee for this one at Easter Road as we are just minutes away from kickoff, is Willie Collum Willie Collum the man in the middle you can hear the atmosphere cranking up oh. Hugh Keevans by and large I mean a positive reaction for Neil Lennon you're not going to get anything other than that in this fixture sure. So go on then, lead us off as only you can. Prediction, please. Hibs 1, Celtic 2. OK, Mark Wilson. I'll go for uh, Hibs 1, Celtic 3. Alex Ray. 1-0 Celtic. Oh, low scoring. Uh, Gordon DL. 2-0 to Celtic. Fraser Richards. 2-0 to Celtic as well. Oh, right, OK, so no one's given Hibs a prayer. Right, that's fine. We'll see how that progresses uh, as the evening goes on. It's 0141951125 to join us. On Twitter, we're at Clyde SSB. Um, Mark, I wonder how much we'll learn from the opening stages because Hugh references the game at Easter Road earlier this season, and Hibbs managed to set the tone spectacularly within one minute. Yeah, and and, and that's the way the game panned out after that. So I wonder if Celtic will take as many chances at the back as they did no, that day. No, certainly not. Um, I think Neil Lennon will would have said to his players, "The way I set my team up against you was to get at you. Don't give you a second at the back. If that goes back to the goalkeeper." Press high So I think he would have Warned his team What Hibs might do There's no doubt That Paul Heckenbottom Would have come in And uh, you know Had a look at that game uh, And seen the positives From Hibs And will probably Try and do the same But I think Neil Lennon Will have that Celtic team Drilled To do mm. something A wee bit different Gordon Diel Your thoughts on this one? Yeah um, I think Once again I agree with Mark It's a, it's a bad Saturday For me oh, But uh, I think that uh, Neil Lennon I, I would like to see him I know that people say Well 
don't tinker a lot with it. I would like to see him putting his own stamp on it. He's a manager now. He's obviously made a couple of changes. I think they're good changes. I think the young boy Henderson is a terrific player, but to, to bring in someone with the quality of Edwards away from home, uh, I think was the right move. Lustig in it right back gives him a bit of experience. He will change it at the back because he was not happy with the goal he lost the other night there. That was the Brendan Rodgers way. I think Celtic fans now want to see the Neil Lennon way. The way he sets up his teams, his tactics, the way he wants to play and take it from there. And I fancy Celtic to get a good victory that, today. That'll be difficult though, Fraser Wisher, because you simply don't get managerial changes when a team's eight points clear at the top of the league. Usually it's because they need a new manager, you know, because something's gone wrong. So I totally, of course, understand what Gordon's saying about putting his own stamp on things, but... The old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I think there'll be a bit of that. I think what Gordon's saying is, is right. They might not take as many chances as, as, they, as they did, but uh, in recent years, Hibs have been a fantastic attacking team. You know, they've played expansive football, they've played in the back, they've played it forward early and used pace in, in wide areas. I don't know if he's got the players to, to play in exactly the same formation. They tend to play with a three at the back as well, a lot of Hibs. But uh, yeah, there's not a lot even done to, to Celtic, if anything at all. It's, it's getting your, your players Oof. fit to McGregor and Christie. Being out injured is a real blow, but. Uh, that looks a strong, powerful. Let me stop you there, goal. Fraser. We came unbelievably close to a very early Celtic goal. It was threaded through by Odson Edward. Oliver Burke left footed, a great effort, well saved by Marciano. And then Scott Sinclair's rebound four yards out. It's a great block, I think, from Paul Hanlon. Yep. And it goes out for a corner kick. So almost a, a blistering start from Celtic. It was, was a turnover of possession. They, they tried to be clever in the middle of the park. Uh, Celtic middle to front. Ball down the side to Buck And they're, they're all over the place And Scott Sinclair Really unlucky He never gets a goal there But a fine tackle in the end Unbelievable start Very quick tempo Celtic almost going in front Two minutes on the clock Hibs nil Celtic nil Let's go back to the phones 0141-951-1025 Callum is a St Mirren fan On the line How happy are you tonight Callum? Yeah it's a great one for us tonight when That's a huge confidence boost That we need going forward For the team Because We've had a couple of good draws recently, but we just need to start winning again. Here's the big question, Callum. How confident are you of staying up? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think we can stay up, but we need to just keep the confidence going. We've had two good draws and a good win, so we just need to keep it going now. We at the game today, Callum? Yeah, I'm just on the way home from it now, yeah. Who was the man of the match for you then? Who was the standout? Um, I don't... I think probably Popescu, but I think they all played okay. Fraser Wisher, your former club, huge win this afternoon. It was a huge win, and I saw them last week, Callum, as well, and uh, they actually played the best I've seen them at Tynecastle last week, the best I've seen them all season. And I like Popescu, I think Jack Baird's doing really well at centre-back as well, but I think you're right, Callum, I think it's a huge win for, for your team. Uh, my daughter's just texted me She's got a season ticket She's on the way back home Absolutely freezing in the car But delighted And that just shows you What happens to football fans Doesn't matter The conditions are horrendous But if your team wins Then you go home happy And Callum sounds like a happy lad It's the nature of it as well Alex When you get that late winner yeah. There's something special About the late winner Yeah absolutely The three points will uh, Make everyone warm On the way home It gives them encouragement I think on the back of The Hearts and Aberdeen Draws three points Is crucial We were saying just prior To St Mirren's goal It was important That they started winning games it gives them something to build on and they just go into the next game with confidence, Gordon. Because all of a sudden, Gordon Deal, five points from those three fixtures is very much survival form. Yeah, I've got to say, Gordon, I went to the cup tie against Dundee United and St Mirren were absolutely dreadful that day and I thought they ain't got a prayer. But you look at their next two fixtures, away to Petor- uh, Aberdeen at Petordry, 
Tynecastle, Hearts, where we all know how difficult that is. And they got so much confidence from those draws and played, you've got to say, played very, very well. And that is a terrific three points today. And that puts a lot of pressure on the team round about them. So St Mirren, I thought they were, they, they, they were dead and buried, but they're obviously showing a lot of fight and it'll be interesting now to the end of the season. Uh, Callum, you may be able to tell me this before I have to look it up. Who does St Mirren play next, do you know? Um, on Monday night, we're at home to Kilmarnock. There we are. Hugh Keevans, I knew Callum would know that. He knows more than me. So that just shows you that, again, a, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, that goes down as a really tough fixture. I'm not saying it won't be, but they now come up against a Kilmarnock side not full of confidence and not flying anymore. So chance there for St Mirren to build on this. Well, you know, it's... Again, I go back to this Oran Kearney point that this man has never shown any signs of panic. Just a belief that in the end, they'll be able to avoid automatic relegation. If it's a playoff place, the St Mirren fans would take it right now. They would take that second chance of survival. Uh, but he believes that they will not be automatically relegated. And the three games that they have played at Petaudry, Tynecastle and this afternoon's game uh, add to that sense of belief Big thanks to Callum Make sure you give us a call back Some other time Callum 01419511025 Still awaiting to hear from you Rangers or Aberdeen fans Give us your thoughts on tomorrow Who are the main men going to be How would you like to see your team line up You tell us on the phones Or on Twitter Still goalless Hibs nil Celtic nil Six minutes gone Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. 11 minutes gone at Easter Road. Hibs nil, Celtic nil. Celtic with the only real chance of the game so far. Oliver Burke and Scott Sinclair. Um, both a decent efforts in the same move, but neither could score. What have you made of it so far? Uh, just looking at Odson Edwards, £9 million touch there. It's fairly horrendous, but uh, Celtic on the... The attack through Scott Sinclair. The Celtic have been the, the, the more dominant side, uh, putting the ball about well, but uh, short on chance making. Yeah, Hibs, uh, you've got to say, Hibs are encouraging yep. Celtic on to them. You know, Celtic okay in possession, but when Hibs do get possession, two or three times they've just gave it back sloppy to Celtic in dangerous areas. And if you've got Edward, Burke, Forrest, Sinclair, you keep doing that, you're going to get punished. You can't give the ball away at this level, and particularly the players that you're up against. It's been very slack from Hibs in around 30, 40 yards for goals. And it just brings, it brings pressure onto you. Yeah, and this is where we'll, we'll find out how Paul Heckenbottom feels about coming up against a, a team like Celtic because you're looking at Florian Camberry who was almost back there defending his own box maybe you wouldn't have seen that under Neil Lennon that's not to say one's right and one's wrong but it's just clearly a different approach but it's, a, it's you know building up to the game we thought it would be uh, it certainly sounds as if it's more entertaining than Rugby Park and Paisley put together yeah. and we've only been going for 12 minutes so, uh, the, approach that, the approach that Neil Lennon took against Celtic and Brendan Rodgers was to press them high not give them a second on the ball well we're 12 minutes in and I think you can see that Paul Heckenbottom is, is doing the opposite from that I mean there's been three or four times Celtic's had a throw in Hibs just allow Celtic to throw it into Scott Brown and beat on and turn out and go the other side so you can see already 12 minutes in very different uh, tactically Neil Lennon to the Hibs manager at the moment uh, Celtic are in behind here Scott Sinclair's into the box he cuts it back and it was offside so oh, there yes. we go I wondered why they'd all stopped playing so suddenly uh, right 01419511025 come on Rangers fans Aberdeen fans let's hear from you it's a huge fixture tomorrow it's huge regardless of what's at stake but particularly um, with the Scottish Cup 
tomorrow um, let's hear from you um, we've got calls coming in though 01419511025 we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB let me just make sure we're not missing anything at Easter Road before we go back to the phones I don't think we are um, Gordon DL you're still with us aren't you yeah I'm still here just making um, sure Good. yeah I'm looking at ladder over there I might need it soon <laughs> no that's fine you'll be alright great stuff right so we're joined on the phone uh, by Paul McNeil you may remember Paul actually he's was on the show recently in his role uh, at the Scottish yeah. FA but I think he's just on as a happy St Mirren fan today Paul am I right? <laughs> happy is an understatement Paul. happy is an understatement I'm stuck in the Kingston Bridge but you know something I can be stuck here for the next mm. 10 hours I don't really care a last minute winner I think I've been saying we've been carrying hope in our heart all season Do you know today is just a miracle I'm sitting with my son in the car and oof, I think we're just a wee bit excited we man aren't <laughs> It was a, a day and a half Singing in the rain Soaking wet um, But You know something Oh we might just get out of this And um, Oh this is what Saturdays are about Isn't it man Hugh that is it that, that is what Saturdays are about That's what football does to people That's why we love it Again I'm going to come back to Oren Kearney He's never shown any signs of panic Changes have been made uh, He's taking it Game by game Week by week Inch by inch He's, he's You know he's just doing it Uh in a very studied fashion And as Paul said They might just They might just Very very tight at the bottom Hugh Four points between the mm. bottom three teams It's all kind of getting congested And uh, a massive win And Paul's right He's enjoying on uh, Kingston Bridge with his boy <laughs> Paul that calmness that Oren Kearney gives off Is that something you've been impressed by? I, I think I think you know, it, it, It's probably similar when, when, when Jack Ross came in And and, and I think people were criticising and I think when you're, you're passionate about the sport you think are we ever going to get out and I have to admit we were uh, the two away games coming up there I think we all thought oh we're coming back here it'll be a scrap today I don't think anybody's expected to be coming back with two points uh, from those two tough away games um, and what a, what a time we score 89 minutes we, we, we got done in Boxing Day in the 89th minute and I think we all thought then um, against St Johnston uh, that maybe the wee dream was over but do you know something I'm proud of the boys I think I think the, the team in themselves um, I think Gordon DL mentioned it about the Dundee United game I think we all thought that day we didn't turn up and we were disappointed today they they fought they battled and they showed the big the big a passion that I think all the fans just want us to, to do and do you know something I'm still on this Kingston Bridge red lights for a mile miles and miles and miles I may need to turn back for the you're going to be there all night Listen, the GBX is up next You'll be fine, Paul Oh, GBX will get me through George, can I just give one shout out as well If you don't mind me um, All of our small-sided game boys Are um, starting again tomorrow um, And i just love to give a wee shout out To all the, all the kids that are playing Our small-sided games around the country Wish them all the luck And just say to all the coaches and parents Just step back, let the kids play And, and have fun Because that is what starting is about Having fun and, and football is an amazing sport So guys keep up the great work And thanks as ever Well said thank you to Paul McNeil He was just on as a happy St Mirren fan But of course you may remember Paul um, From the Scottish FA he joined us in the studio A couple of uh, weeks ago And he, he, he's right The new small sided game season Starts this weekend It's part of the Scottish FA's Let them play Brilliant. Mantra um, To encourage You know we like talking about Grassroots football on this show To encourage children and co- uh, Parents and coaches to let the children go out there and enjoy themselves, sure. Hugh Keevan. So yeah. that all kicks off this weekend. Very important business. And also, Paul, exhibiting the raw emotion of the football fan. Uh, what a last-minute goal can do for you. 
so that's a wonderful call That sums up the, the essence of football Sometimes you get the impression It's, it's easy to be a Celtic or a Rangers supporter You know, <laughs> clubs yeah. with huge histories And uh, uh, the, the better than average chance of winning things But St Mirren, they've battled all season From the bottom of the table And now they can just see a wee light above their head uh, Paul was just talking about Oren Kearney Let's hear from him Been a while I think since I've experienced The last minute goal <laughs> Too long probably um, And I suppose you forget The feeling and the joy That it brings And um, I think just the three points For us today was, was massive And as much as the performances Have been strong Over the last couple of weeks I think we knew today Had a pursuit performance over, over the points I think the three points today Will be a huge building block And, and I think in the manner That they come as well Is, is a big lift as well, you're now in that wee cluster with, with Dundee and yeah, just keeping up on them. We've got a sweat teams and we keep, I've said it to the boys all, the old boys and the new boys and everybody, we've got a sweat teams and we've got to try and make sure that, that, that people quake and I think we've got to finish strong because there's been a lot of turn and throw and we've been wrote off at times, we've been out of the mix and everything else, but we've hung in there and hung in there and I think for us now, I always knew, I think with all the transition and changes that we were going to make that we were going to have to pick up most of our points in this last part of the season we were never going to pick up our points before Christmas but it was one of those where we were going to have to try and get every house in order and then try and have a really strong finish so listen we're laying the block so that it's a good three points but we've, uh, we've still got a long way to go do you feel like a corner has been turned? no, <laughs> no. <laughs> we never do in football um, and I'd never take it for granted or never feel that way um, I feel that we've got three points today and I feel that we get back to working hard next week again and we just we don't expect anything we expect to be anything to come easier our way or things to change for us or decisions to go our way we just get right back to doing what we've done for the last three or four weeks uh, Gordon Daly does always sound calm um, and he's, he's saying you know he's not getting carried away He's saying all the right things, Gordon. Uh, he'll be over the moon. Five points out of nine. And out the five points, away to Aberdeen, away to Hearts, and at home to Livingston. Listen to Mark Guidi today wasn't the greatest game, but it's not about that. It's about, at this time of the season, for them, is getting the three points. And you heard the St Man fan, Peter, on there. Absolutely delighted with that. Um, yeah, he's very calm. He's saying the right things. That game's finished now. Let's look forward to the Kamarnock game a week Monday. Let's prepare. Let's work hard. And as you said, there's a little bit of light just above them just now. And I think there'll be a couple of worried teams looking over at St Martin because they're hitting form at the right time. Mark Wilson with 19 and a half minutes on the clock at Easter Road and it's goalless between Hibs and Celtic. Give us a, a summary of what's been going on. Well, Celtic just total control of the ball. Hibs... You know, a funny a funny play from the manager Just sitting off Celtic Allowing them to have it Even if you look at Scott Brown No one within 10 to 15 yards of him So Hibbs obviously just happy sitting in And saying to Celtic Go ahead, break us down I also think Celtic are playing Slightly different from Brendan Rodgers Ultimate passing game we just seen Scott Brown get the ball there Had plenty of time to pass it But he decided to try and play it in the channel For Ollie Burke to run onto you didn't often see that under Brendan Rodgers' side So just a slight tweak But Celtic in control uh, As I say that Hibs on the attack So they'll probably go up and score But <laughs> I, I think Neil Lennon will be happy with the ball retention so far OK let's do Aberdeen against Rangers And start by hearing from Stephen Gerrard I think they're both box office to watch For, for, for neutral people um, I'm sure it'll be another physical battle between them both And hopefully both players stay on the right side of it this, this time and we can see that box office battle for 90 minutes because I think it was a real shame last time both of them getting sent off you know I was really enjoying it uh, Scott's a tremendous def- defender he's always physical um, and Alfredo on the day was unplayable so it was certainly great to watch but hopefully both players can stay on the pitch for 90 minutes this time because 
you know, they're the type of players and battles that everyone wants to see. Uh, but not for just part of the game for all of it. How important is Morelos against McKenna? You tell us. 01419511025. Get your calls in uh, right now. Hugh Keevans. Well, Morelos is crucial. Uh, if he plays to the max, then Scott McKenna won't contain him. Aberdeen won't contain him. Uh, and Rangers will win the match. So that's how important he is. If he goes out, starts niggling away at players, eventually gets someone who niggles him and he loses his temper and loses uh, his place on the park, then Rangers have a problem. One of the things from the Rangers' point of view is it looks a familiar team here. There was suggestions that Arfield yeah. had not from the, the, the midweek. He is crucial for me. He, he's such an important player. He gets goals from middle of the park. He's intelligent. Good runs and he has a good understanding with Kamara and Jack now. So, be interesting to see if he actually makes the shake up as well. But it's because of that familiar. I think they've had a couple of clean shoots as well recently, which helps uh, confidence at the back. I mean, how, how big an impact would his absence have then? I mean, does that does but, that make it significantly harder for Rangers to win the game if he doesn't make well, it? One of the things, if, if it had been Kamara or Jack, you could have put McCrory in Gordon because he would have been the more holding. So I think it's more imperative for Rangers to get Arfield in because he's adds goals from the middle of the park. And he also adds that kind of intelligence. So I think it'd be a blow if Arfield didn't make it. And that said, all of a sudden, Gordon DL, um, Rangers fans will be pinning a lot of their hopes on Glenn Kamara. And no disrespect to Glenn Kamara, I just don't think anyone predicted that a couple of weeks ago. No, um, I watched his debut against St Johnston and he was excellent and he's carried that on. And what'll help him as well, Gordon, he got his first goal against his old club Dundee. Usually happens. He's settled in really well to the middle of the park. He looks very comfortable. He looks like a player that's been playing all season in a Rangers jersey. And I think that uh, the Rangers fans are absolutely delighted with him. Um, I agree with uh, Alec Ray. I think the most important player um, in the middle of the park tomorrow is Arfield. He really does give them something a little bit mm. different. He goes beyond. He can get into good positions and he can get a goal. So I fancy Rangers full of confidence. 14 goals in the last three games against the Ham- uh, Aberdeen team that struggled against Hamilton. Um, and I fancy Rangers with Morelos, you know, getting the better of McKenna. I think he's too good for him. We're still waiting to hear your thoughts on Aberdeen against Rangers. These are the thoughts of Derek McInnes. To win a cup, you're going to have to beat good teams. Rangers are a good team. They're in good form at the minute. But like you say, it's a fantastic game for us. Um, one that I know the players will be looking forward to, certainly one the supporters are looking forward to. And it will bring the atmosphere that, that I want more of at Petodre anyway. There'll be an energy, there'll be an enthusiasm from the stands because of the opponent. And that in turn will help the players. Only a few weeks ago we had a very good game against Rangers. And I think it's a reminder to ourselves to keep the discipline on the pitch. But the level of performance hopefully can uh, be good enough this time round to get... Uh, through into the semi-final That's the intention 01419511025 To have your say On Aberdeen Against Rangers Very open game At Easter Road 24 minutes gone Hibs nil Celtic nil Terrible conditions We'll keep you up to speed On that And take more calls next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets Results every week Talk to Thompson's.com into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We've had to send Gordon Deal home He was getting locked in at Dumbarton So I know yeah. uh, But Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Rear here What more could you want? We're looking ahead to Aberdeen against Rangers Get your thoughts in please And we're watching Hibs against Celtic Where it's goalless after half an hour And it's not great Is that fair? That's absolutely Scrappy accurate. Hugh is the word yeah. I would use Rubbish I, I mean, would the, use The conditions are horrendous uh, yeah. However um, it, It's not the thrill a minute that we had hoped for 
and indeed anticipated. Uh, yeah, the, but the rain is playing a part, isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah. and the wind bucketing there. Pitch is very, very skiddy. You see, guys like Edward, nine million when it's played up to him, very hard to get it under control. As soon as he takes a touch. It's skidding away and, and a lot of the players are fine that Just a reminder of some of the scores today The big one in Paisley St Mirren mm. won Livingston nil. That's a huge result at the bottom A bit further up the table It wasn't a classic by any means Kilmarnock nil, Motherwell nil. It was postponed during the week um, Some may say they wish today had been postponed as well Not a lot happening Here's the thoughts of Stephen Robinson I think both teams had chances to win the game didn't they? You know, we, had, we had a couple of great chances First half Jake went 1v1 um, Bowley had two great efforts and then Thomas probably the best chance of the game um, from the corner the wind just held the ball up he was about to head it in so uh, one of those days um, Mark at the other end made a super save and they hit the crossbar so probably a, a point probably a fair result at the end of it Has it been a strange week you know the game abandoned at half time and then a game like us finishing in those conditions as well Yeah it's um, that's Scotland's weather free in it so makes it all the more interesting so I'm not sure if that would have been five six minutes out of time what we'd have done but listen it's, it's a point um, it may be a very good point for us if it's still looking at the top six and next week's game becomes a really big game It keeps the momentum going for you as well because that's what <coughs> defeated eight yeah we've and I thought in the first half we were the ones that tried to get it down we tried to pass the ball well um, I think compliment our wide players they doubled up on them every time uh, maybe changed their shape a little bit but um, that's compliment to how well we've been doing and maybe how well we've done in the first half the other night but um, Kitty are a very good team you know, they've had a, a terrific season they're back for a, um, a solid base that they build from they're, they're hard to break down but we'll probably both maybe look back both managers and maybe think you know, what could have been if we'd have, we'd have taken our chances you mentioned Tom thought he was terrific Tom was excellent, you know, he's playing with is it, 12 stitches in his head. I thought he was terrific. I thought the best player on the pitch was Alex Gorn today. I thought he was excellent. Controlled the game, he was the one that had a wee bit of patience and quality in, in difficult conditions. Can you clear something up to us as well? Declan Gallagher, is he signing for you boys? I don't discuss transfers, never have, so it's not a one off for me. Um, it's just Tommy Wright said yesterday that he. As I said, I don't discuss other people's players and I don't discuss my transfer business in public, so I'm a bit surprised that other managers are. But um, we'll keep our business to ourselves. That wasn't a no, by the way. So, no. yeah, I don't think we should be too surprised if we see Declan Gallagher at Motherwell in the future. Not at all. Uh, but Hibs, you never know. Him having a mild claim for a penalty kick there, Canberry going down, but no dice. And now Celtic through with Edward. Oh, and, and he just stumbles over his own feet. Oh, he didn't know what oh, to do yeah, with it. That is quite a remarkable. Uh, stumble from Odson Edward <laughs> I think he tried to feint his shoot I think he tried to feint his shoot Waiting for the, uh, the contact And then he ends up falling over his own feet So uh, a good opportunity as well It was a good ball through He does great He puts the goalkeeper down with a feint But then can't keep his foot in Just at the vital moment Where he was going to tap it into the net But although there's not much quality as intriguing You know it's very very open um, You think there'll be a goal coming soon It's two big chances for Celtic though isn't it Inside the opening 30 minutes yeah, without yeah. doubt. Sinclair with the first one, and then obviously Edward there just should probably get a shot away. Mark, he's done the feint, but he just couldn't clear his feet and stumbles. So Hibs have uh, had a fairly uneventful first thirty-two minutes. They uh, they haven't troubled Scott Bain. Uh, here's Edward just simply falling over his own yeah. feet. Yeah, it, again, it, I think he does great there to feint, and the goalkeeper goes down, the defender goes down. But unfortunately for him He, goes down he also him. goes down He falls for his own dummy Also <laughs> But uh, A great piece of play from Celtic Probably one of the only Quality pieces of play You know Into James Forrest Who finds space that? And then Forrest. instead of taking The easy option of going wide He goes through the middle To Edward Who gets his with, touch right With your professional eye After half an hour What's the The, the difference between Brendan Rodgers' approach And Neil Lennon's approach Yeah well I think We've seen 
probably three or four passes that I've not seen in Brendan Rodgers' time at Celtic. The the channel ball, and I know the conditions are playing a part, but Scott Brown, I think, has played two. Yep. Um, you know, down the channel where there were shorter passes available to him. And I can only think that Neil Lennon, I know he's not had a lot of time to work, but has said His before message. the game, yeah, let's use the pace in the wider areas because... You don't just change like that overnight. Guys like Scott Brown, who've been playing for the best part of two and a half years, a certain way, doesn't all of a sudden just start playing channel ball. So I can only assume it's a message from the Celtic manager. Scott Sinclair goes down, takes a tumble under a challenge from David Gray. He felt he had a good case for a free kick. Willie Collum didn't agree. Yeah, it was a foul, but uh, they managed to get the ball back again. Hibs can't keep the ball for a sustained period of time and they're turning over possession to Celtic and uh, you know Celtic are a threat going forward. Hudson Edward taking a heavy touch Daryl Horgan winning it back Neither side uh, really keeping good possession I think that's been the the theme that's been running through this one Camberry on the ball right in front of the dugout Will he be having a wee word to Neil Lennon? Who knows? It's difficult nights like this People Because people will be watching TV and go It's windy We'll just keep it keep it on the ground But it's it's that skiddy It's that boggy It's difficult to get your footing uh, And get your touch right So you know conditions horrendous and it's tough for the players out there tonight I'd love to be flagging up Great goals from our own division But you know we, we, Listen we like good football We're all good football fans So if you get the chance And you haven't seen it yet Check out Jack Grealish's goal For Aston Villa This afternoon We're You won't, you won't yeah. be disappointed That's all I'll say uh, Let's hear a bit more Reaction from that game at Rugby Park No Stevie Clark Unfortunately today Hugh Kevens uh-huh. uh, So we're going to hear from Alex Dyer His assistant I think it's a good point for us um, Tough game Two hard teams, you know, wanted to to get the win, but it, it was alright. It's good, good result in the end. Is, is a goal scoring thing beginning to be a, a bit of a concern because you're so free flowing in the first half of the season, just the last two or three weeks? It's been difficult, you know. We're still trying to find our feet again after a busy period, tough period, but we'll come good again. You know, we just go back to basics a little bit and get back to working hard and doing all the things that we've done before. It was going great, well again, and um, I'm sure it will turn. Well, you see the weather in the last couple of minutes here, yeah, looking forward to getting <laughs> an aeroplane tomorrow night. Yeah, the boys are looking forward to it. it good chance to get away and train, get a sun on our back hopefully, and and come back for St Mirren. Well, the changes before the game, were they just to freshen up for tight legs, or was that to try and create nah, some a bit of Freshen up, the team freshening up. Gaffer made the decision to, to freshen up the team. Is the right call, and um, boys who come in did well. And then it gives the ones on the bench they got something to to aim for when when they get on. You know that's part of football. Do you feel your players could have had a wee bit more protection, particularly in the second half? Nah, not really. It was a even game. Two teams battling hard, and you know there was a bit of tackling flying around like you should be, and just get up and get on with it. Another big. Opening for Celtic yeah. It was a cross from Kieran Tierney A decent one Odson Edward You can see the look in his face He's just waiting to tap the ball in Out of nowhere comes Marciano Flying out of his goal And punches the ball clear But they have to say It was a passage of play leading up to it It was about a dozen passes yeah. Celtic yeah. managed to cover him open Good ball down to Kieran Tierney And it was a brilliant ball round the face Gordon as you say Edward had a tap in But Marciano managed to get a good strong Fist away and pushed it to the box yeah, much better from Celtic there, you know, controlling the ball, you know, moving it quickly. And Hibs struggle um, to keep up with Celtic when they're moving them quickly. I still think Hibs are giving them far too much space. No, it's nil-nil, but 
Like I say, if you keep giving this space, you will get punished, and they were almost punished there. Yeah, James Forrest just skipping away down the right hand side. He just gonna cut it back. Oliver Burks there. Celtic do have men in the box. Watson Edwards, one of them. He tries the overhead kick and doesn't really get a lot of purchase on it. Hugh Evans. No. But <laughs> I'd uh, like to see you try that overhead <laughs> kick though, while we're on, on that subject. On a trampoline, yes. Uh but Celtic the dominant side. Um they, they look as if they have command of the game. Uh they just have to be a little more clinical when the goal comes into view. Yeah, I have to say, um, I agree with Mark. I think they're conceding too much uh, possession to, to Celtic. They have to get in their faces more. They're just dropping off. And they're trying to kind of kill the space in behind with Burke running into. But they're, they're, the Celtic are growing and growing in stature in this game. It's just a matter of time for me. It's such a different game from that league game that we saw Hibs start so brightly, press. where they press Celtic and they got their rewards you know, within a minute. And then they continued that throughout the game and Celtic struggled with their shape. Celtic... You know, we're all over the place that day, but today they look more composed, they look more comfortable in their shape, and Hibs look a shadow of the team they were that day. So, a total role reversal. Um, and I think it's only a matter of time before Celtic eventually get the breakthrough here. Yeah, Scott Sinclair's coming forward. Tierney is there as well. James Forrest, Dodson, Edward, all on the edge of the box. It's just trying to find that way through. And to be fair, Sleevka does defend well. Before we disappear, let's get some final thoughts ahead of tomorrow then, Hugh Keevans. Well, for me, uh, Rangers have a settled team. Aberdeen do not. Aberdeen have been troubled by injury. They've been troubled by mediocre form at Pataudry. Uh, my gut reaction is that Rangers are the favourites going into this match and will win I'm the same as you I mean when you've scored what's that 14 goals in your last three games conceded none you're full of confidence you've got you know most of your your players fit and ready to play and on the flip side you're playing against an Aberdeen side who have been very poor at home this season so that automatically Drains a bit of your confidence Going on to a, a big cup class like this So for me I think it's there for Rangers uh, To win and go into the semi-finals How important is it tomorrow Alex? How big a game? Oh it's as big as you get Gordon Because uh, as you said earlier on the show If they lose that then effectively their season's finished uh, You know so they go into this Knowing what's on, on the line But that's a, it goes for Derek's team as well I agree with the boys I think Rangers will have too much on the day Again, it's about how they go about it. They have to get on the front foot, mentally approach the game in the right manner. Still goalless between Hibs and Celtic. Five minutes to go until half-time earlier on today. It finished St Mirren 1, Livingston 0. That was the big result. Elsewhere in the Premiership, it was goalless between Kilmarnock and Motherwell. Um, our featured match in the Championship, Dunfermline 1, Queen of the South 0. And our featured League 1 game today, Dumbarton 2, are both 0. Thank you, Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray for joining me in the studio. Big thanks to the top team all around the grounds. But as always, we give the biggest thanks to you for all your company your tweets and phone calls we're back again on Monday night from 6 o'clock and the GBX is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors win the compensation you deserve talk to thompsons.com